Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1984 to look at the iconic action adventure movie starring Eddie Murphy and that's Beverly Hills Cop. And joining me today, I have a very special guest. It's uh, Mark Lockhart. He's joined me before for Dude Looks Like the 80s, and he's come back to cover this iconic movie. Mark, how are you doing, buddy? How are you doing? Now, it's good to have you on the show, Mark. Mark, I've had you on the show before, mate, but you're new to Bite Size, so do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, yeah. mate? I know you've done a bit of um, acting and stuff like that. Um, so, um, I've been a big, big fan of... Uh, big fan of uh, podcasting for quite a while in the last few years uh, some of the podcasts I've been listening to have been podcast on Haunted Hill with our good friends Gav and Dan and um, in fact just on that I listened to the podcast that you did previously with Dan uh, um, Masters of the Universe and yeah. uh, really 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 dug that that was brilliant I was doing a bit of gardening and I had it on the had it on just playing on the speaker and off the bit of guarding and every time you were, you were talking through the film I was just on everything you guys were saying I just knew everything that was coming up and it was just brilliant to hear two people talk about a, a movie which has a, a soft plus a really important place in my heart because it's probably one of the first films I went to see at the cinema at the Canon cinema no doubt I remember the Canon cinema um, mate yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know you, you guys touched on that, and it was it was great to to hear um, people talk about something which is now lost in time. Well, yeah, that's right. I had the um, um, so- I had the Canon Cinema opposite the road from me when I was growing up. I remember that. So, but yeah, no, it's always good to have Dan on the show. He's um, he came back um, back on the show recently, actually, for Enter the Dragon, which just dropped. And um, again, it's funny you say that. It's what I said to uh, my next door neighbour earlier. Actually, he was talking about the show. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that it's when you get two people together who are fans of this genre, you just seem to you just buzz, don't you? You go back to when you was a kid and you talk about these films, and that's kind of how I was explaining podcasts, really. You know, that's you know when you get someone who's who loves the film that you're talking about, you just bounce off each other, don't you? But it's always good to have Dan on the show. It's great. (laughs) It's great. Ah, uh, totally, totally. No, it's good to hear you. Got, it's good to hear you two talk about a, a, a classic in, in my world, anyway, and and obviously it is in in, in your world too. Um, so about me, what I've been doing. Um, so in the last few years, I've been doing a bit of like extra work for for a few productions. Um, notably, I was in the Burberry Christmas ad um, a couple of years ago, which was pretty cool. Um, I've been in one of Deadbolt Films uh, movies. Gav Gav Hawley directed a movie called Preternatural. Um, one yeah. of the one of the supporting cast in that um, stage. I've been in a few stage productions, uh, most notably Jamaica Inn. I played a, an albino vicar. Wow. Um, and if you know the story of Jamaica Inn, if you know the story of Jamaica Inn, um, you'll you, you'll know that he's a he's a, he's a pretty weird guy. Um, I am familiar well, with that story. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah so in, in the in the in the in the in the stage show, I had to be dressed all in white. So I was like an albino, so I had to be painted. My skin was painted white, and had to wear like proper eighteen hundreds like clobber, that eighteen ten, eighteen twenty clobber, and I was like a vicar, uh, big collars, you know, and I had long white hair, and I had a hat. Um, I'll send you a picture after the show, man. You can check it out. Yeah, because I remember cool. you mentioned this. Had red eyes. I remember you mentioned this before, Mark. Didn't you have? Uh, did you mention Jane Seymour was on stage with you on that, or somebody like that, or was an actress? No, 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 
no, Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour was in the 1983 TV. Um, oh, right, that was it, mate. Yeah, okay. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I wish that Jane Seymour was with me. Jeez, mm. I fancied her a lot when I was. A kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure you would do, mate. Yeah, I think we all would actually. <laughs> oh, dear. She's still looking great now, bless her. She is looking lovely. Yeah. Yeah, so you've done a bit with Deadbolt films, and did you do? You did something with um, Angel Has Fallen as well, didn't you? With the Gerard Butler movie, I remember you saying. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was a, I was a, um, I was a police officer um, in in Angel Has Fallen. Um, the scene, if you've seen the movie, uh, it's have, the yeah. scene where it's a scene where um, Gerard Butler's driving a big Arctic truck, um, and he's trying to get away from police. Um, he ends up turning the he ends up turning the truck on its side and sliding in towards um like woodland and uh, i'm in one of the cop cars behind there's like three cop cars behind and then we screech to a stop and i kick the door open i pull out my gun and i pull out my torch and i'm holding the the gun on top of my the, my, my my forearm right. walking into the forest looking for gerald butler that's what i did and i'm very proud of that no it's brilliant <laughs> man i see you get a little um imbd credit on that as well i see your name on there mate, yeah with, uh, it's like a state trooper mark lockhart no it's brilliant stuff man that's, that's great um state trooper and we've we've just we've just finished a uh, a little short actually which is being entered into a uh a one into a competition on the 30th of this month um that again that's with deadbolt uh films um it's called all fall down um it's finished it's been submitted and uh, yeah hopefully we um hopefully we we do we do well in that yeah no i think uh, like i say gav from the haunted hill who is obviously co-host with dan who's on the show and now i've listened to the show it's a great show and um i know like say gav's you know he does all the directing didn't he with uh, deadbolt and you did that war movie didn't you yeah. or the short war film wasn't it um uh, and nothing hurt wasn't it i think and nothing hurt. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I, I helped. I helped on set uh, in, in in that movie. In that uh, short, great short. Gav, Gav did a really good job with that. Um, did, Tom made, yeah, wrote, wrote a fantastic story. Yeah, some really good stuff. I like it. You know, I'm always very supportive of the independent film world because uh, I know how much mm. stuff goes into it. Especially, I always knew there was a lot that went into it. But having known Gav and seen, you know, what you guys do with yeah. Deadbolt, I appreciate now how much work even just to do a you know, a five-minute short, you know, there's quite a lot goes into that. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, check these out. I think they're on YouTube and stuff like that, aren't they, these yeah. films? Some of them are on YouTube now, yeah, I think. Uh, the, the most recent one that's obviously not been not been revealed yet as it's been submitted to a film festival. So oh, did hopefully you, want you get me to, to see that quite soon. And that's, it's, like, it's only a minute short. Did you want me to edit that? <laughs> or is that, is that top secret? or? Oh, no, no, no. That's all okay, all right. No, 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 it's fine. Just making sure I'm not letting good, the mate, cow good. the bag there or anything like that. Well, thanks, Mark. No. Appreciate that, mate. It's a little <laughs> bit about you, mate. Um, so let's have a look at this film then, mate. Let's have a look at Beverly Hills Cop. So let's take you guys back to the year in 1984. Let's get into that 1973 Chevy Nova. Let's play you guys a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, Mark. Let's get in the car. And uh, we'll see Let you guys go. soon. Let's go. Whoop, whoop. is a Detroit cop. <laughs> On 
on vacation in Beverly Hills. I just got off the phone with an Inspector Todd in Detroit. He says if you're out here investigating the Tandino murder, you needn't bother coming back. I don't want to take it anymore. For a man who claims to be on vacation, you look a lot like you're on a stakeout. Stakeout? No, no. I'm picnicking. This is like a picnic area. I have to ask you some questions about Michael Tandino. I've never been to a cell that had a phone in it. Can I stay for a while? Because I ordered some pizza. We have six witnesses that say you broke in and started tearing up the place, then jumped out the window. May I help you? Yeah. I'm looking for Victor Maitland. I have nothing to say to you. your badges and your guns and you're on the job, right? Make sure we get the right drinks, because if I drink club soda, I'll throw up. You know, this is the cleanest and nicest police car I've ever been in in my life. This thing's nice in my apartment. I just bet you are the pride of your department in Detroit. It seems painfully obvious you haven't the slightest idea who you're dealing with. I don't know what y'all think I am, killing some kind of food. Hurry up, quicker! Crawl back to your little stone in Detroit before you get squashed. Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> and welcome back, guys. So the synopsis of this film is a freewheeling Detroit cop pursuing a murder investigation finds himself dealing with a very different culture of Beverly Hills. It's got 105 minute runtime. it's an 18 certificate and it's classed as an action comedy crime. It's directed by Martin Brest and he was director for Saturday Night Live and he went on to go and do another movie called Midnight Run with Robert De Niro. It was written by Daniel Petrie Jr. And he also wrote Toy Soldiers, which is another film which I reviewed on Bite Size not long ago. And he also went on to go and produce uh, Turn and Hooch with Tom Hanks. And it's also produced by... Yeah, good old Turn and Hooch, good movie. It's also produced by uh, Don Simpson and Jerry Brockheimer. And you should be very familiar with these guys because they directed some awesome films in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, Top Gun, Flashdance, The Rock, and Con Air, just to name just a few. And the cast for this film is obviously Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley, Judge Reinhold. Say no more. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah, that's it. It was say no more. We'll get back on him in a minute, Mark. Um, Judge <laughs> Reinhold as Billy Rosewood. Is that Mr. Rosemont? <laughs> He's also done. <laughs> Rosemont. Um, yeah, Rosemont. 
you may know him for doing the voice of Garfield and he's in films such as Vice Versa and Gremlins. Uh, John... I get Dragnet. Oh, Dragnet as well, yeah. Thanks for reminding me there, Mark. It's just good to have my wingman on here, mate. <laughs> uh John Ashton as Sergeant Taggett. He's also in Midnight Run. Uh, Lisa Elbasha as Jenny. Uh, she was in Officer and a Gentleman. Ronnie Cox as Lieutenant Bogomil from Robocop and Deliverance. Stephen Burkhoff Total as... Recall. Oh yeah, Total Recall, yeah, as well. They're, just, uh, they're in all the films, aren't they, these people? <laughs> Stephen Burkhoff uh, as... Uh, Victor Maitland, he's in Rambo 2 and Outland. And Paul Reiser, the bad menacing guy from Aliens, and he plays Jeffrey in this. So uh, there's a cast, there's the directors, the writers, and you also got the amazing soundtrack by Harold Faltermeyer for the Axel F uh, soundtrack. So there you go, that's the production of the film. Mark, Beverly Hills Cop Man is a classic. When do you, When's your first memories of watching this film? Um, I remember being, I must have been, what, maybe six six or seven, seven, seven or eight maybe, um, must have been like 87, 88, something around that, and uh, where I used to live on, on, an est- on this estate, um, this man used to used to drive around each of the roads on the estate in like a big like red Nissan Cherry, and it's like an estate car, and uh, in the back of his car, he would come into the dr- come into the road and just like toot the horn, like beep, 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 and people would come out and look in the back of his car and he had all these vhs like in in a in in rows like in the back of his car that was basically my first foray into hiring movies that's how you do it you you pay two pound fifty he gave you a movie and you go go and watch it so my mum used to pick up a lot of good 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 films from this guy and um we picked up she picked up and she put it on and yeah it must have been about eight seven or eight couldn't sleep came downstairs one one night and uh, my mum was watching it and i ended up just sitting there and watching it with her that was my first time i ever saw eddie murphy in beverly hills cop yeah i think i was probably a little bit older than that um i saw it on tv um i actually saw it on a black and white tv in the kitchen it's uh, one of those old tvs with the um turn button it's crazy yeah you know did you have a coat hanger aerial antenna i did (laughs) i did you know this was this was um this actually would have been the early 90s that i saw this film and we still had black and white tvs with coat hanger for an aerial some of the trials and tribulations we used to go through to watch TV back in those times, mate, it's just... Everything's easy now, isn't it, with iPhones and technology, but... <laughs> yeah, you get, like, perfect clarity every time you want to watch something. On yeah. a black and white TV, you'd have to, like, turn the aerial ever so slightly just to try and get that perfect, pristine screen. And if you get up to move or if someone moves in the room, then it just alters... The, you just get this, Your TV starts snowing. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, it's like you've got an alien invasion on your TV, isn't it? You get it's slightly warping, isn't it? <laughs> God <laughs> How many times did you slap the side of the TV oh, hoping that was going to work? Man, must have slapped. I, I was surprised that TV didn't fall apart. The amount of time, <laughs> you know, it's, it was the um, the other thing. I think I mentioned this on the show um, previously as well. Was yeah. remember you used to have the old TV used to be cladded with um, wood, didn't it? Like a veneer, wasn't it? 
and you used to have like push buttons. I don't know if you had a TV like that, Mark. You might have been a little bit more unmarked than me, but it's just. I don't think so, mate. I grew up on a on a on a council estate, so uh, I wouldn't have been very much market. Um, so yeah, that so that was my first experience. That was, I suppose, that's how this film was scarred into my mind. With yeah. you know, watching this film with that old TV, and I, I, I was blown away by it, mate. I, um, it was another moment for me in cinema history where I was probably about twelve or something like that, and it's just the music, the characters, the comedy, uh, yeah. the, the pace of the film. Um, it just does everything you want it to do, doesn't it? This movie—it's just—it's uh, just a magic movie, and it's a feel-good film as well, isn't it? It is. It's such a feel-good film, and when you hear that, do 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 do, you just know straight away exactly what it is. There's, there's not 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 a doubt in your mind. You know exactly it's Beverly Hills Cop. You can see Axel Foley. You can <laughs> see Detroit. Uh, ah, it's just brilliant, man. It's just brilliant. Oh, I'll tell you so what. many nostalgic memories. This is the effect it's got on me, Mark, right? And I'm, I'm very proud to say this, right? Okay, so last week when I was, I knew we was doing this show, I've got it on CD in my car. Yeah. I drive a nice, an old 1990 MR2 Toyota MR2. It's blue. I pretend it's the Chevy Nova from 1973. And then just to top that, mate, I've got Axel Foley's white Adidas trainers with his Mumford top. And I'm just driving the car into work with that soundtrack. And I'll be honest with you, mate, for a moment, right, okay, I feel like I'm Eddie Murphy, you know what I mean, just driving through, I've got, stir it up as I'm driving through Kensington and Chelsea, do you know what I mean, I'm just, <laughs> and this is the effect this film's had on me, mate, do you know what I mean, that's, that's you know, and it's just, um, it's amazing, I, you know. I, 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 I think I think seeing Axel Foley wearing Adidas, like, back in the day, yeah. really, like, inspired my 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 desire for adidas trainers yeah i know yeah, you love the. Definitely. i, I you really want that Mumford top as well yeah i got it off um i got it off the internet mate it's a proud possession of mine every time i wear it and i've even got he's um i got becky to buy the blue jersey as well and she bought me one i said oh, okay. no it's got it's got to be specific it's got to be like the axle one and she managed to get one for me and so uh, yeah, and I turned up at work and thought to see if anybody noticed, and no one did. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, funny, isn't it? Dear. It's funny. You see, you see something in, like so, um, so, so. Uh, I don't know, like so obvious to you when you look at something, and you're like, surely someone's got to notice that. Surely's got someone's got to see that. Someone's going to pick but up. But no one it. ever does. No, that's it. But there you go. It's um, like I say, that's the effect it had on me, and probably the same with you mate everybody was talking about this film at school as well um you know it's talking about the music and the characters and always used to sort of uh, use the lines as well do you know what i mean that five thousand dollars and i seem to remember everybody five thousand dollars five this is look at my list five thousand dollars i remember everybody going how Read much is school? <laughs> it's great <laughs> oh man but um I'm just going to talk a little bit about. There's a. We will talk about some trivia, but some trivia here with this film yeah. is you probably know this, mate. Yeah, go for it. There was actually going to be someone else play um, Axel Foley, and that's actually Sylvester Stallone. And he was originally considered for the role, from what I from what I read. Yeah, the origins of this uh, film. I only found this out this week, actually. It was, um, so Michael Eister, he's the head of Paramount, and. Yeah. He was kicking around with this story back in the mid-70s, 1975. 
And he came up with the basic yeah. plot of this film when he actually had the main character as L.A. Foley. And it was going to be based in Los Angeles and you had this cop called L.A. Foley. And um, yeah. Sylvester Stallone caught light of it and he was going to be involved and he just wanted it to be a you know full-on action movie, you know, a bit like... Yeah. What you, I suppose what you had with Arnie back in the day in the mid 80s and that um, but they wanted the script to be a little bit more light hearted um, Sylvester Stallone sort of thought well I really want it to be an action movie so went away from the project they got um, Eddie Murphy and the rest was history it just went boom and it just made a load of money at the box office um, but then Sylvester Stallone would then <coughs> go on to make Cobra which is a film that didn't do as well but I kind of like you know what I mean it's I've watched it recently and I've quite enjoyed it actually it's quite a good movie yeah I like I like Cobra it's a very gritty movie it's been a while since I've seen it but it's a very gritty movie yeah it's a very um, yeah it's a very uh, it's a film which funny enough I didn't really enjoy back in the 90s I don't know why okay. but yeah. I've watched it recently and I've I've found a new love for it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a sort of like a nostalgia thing or something like that. But yeah, no, it works for me now. So, so yeah. Back, in, back when Cobra, back when Cobra came out, um, I didn't really enjoy the film like you. But when I was younger, I had a Commodore 64, and I had Cobra, the computer game, on the Commodore 64, and it was a side scroller uh, like Robocop. It was oh, a yeah. side scroller. You had to jump up on barrels and shoot the bad guys and. <laughs> Yeah, it was really cool. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. And the soundtrack on the on the game was really good. I think it was an ocean ocean produced game on the Commodore sixty four. I think they did a lot of them, didn't they? Ocean. Um, I think you're right because I remember yeah. the RoboCop game. I don't remember the the Cobra one, but I I can well believe because they took them all on, didn't they? They actually did a um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop game on the Commodore sixty four. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I never played that. I still got my Commodore 64. I never played never played Beverly Hills though. I'll have to look out for that on an emulator. Go check it out on YouTube, mate. When you said about sometimes I didn't get the soundtrack right and it sounds really screechy on the 64, you know. Beep, 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 <laughs> like this, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Ghostbusters was one of my favourites on the uh, Commodore 64. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think they again. It was all um, platform game, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was a very. It was, like, it was a mix of different games. Like when the game was loading, you could play Space Invaders, and then once you get into the game, you have to you get allocated however much money to build your car, the amount of traps you have on your car. You can choose your car. So you could choose like a hearse, or you could choose a Corvette, or you could choose a Volkswagen Beetle. Wow, that's pretty advanced, isn't it, for the old 64, those options on there, isn't it, really? Yeah, um, it was a good game. <laughs> like you say, sometimes they get the plot and the characters right in these games, don't they? <laughs> yes, they, sometimes they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time you get a different game to what's on the front cover, isn't it? You know, you look at you look at those games, didn't you, back in the 80s, and you think, wow, look at that, yeah. look at that, and then it's just a couple of little bips on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> man that looks nothing like on the cover <laughs> yeah, I've been ripped off I oh, want a man, refund yeah, yeah you go back to the shop and say um, yeah I wanted this game on the cover and when I put it in it didn't look anything like that 
it's so funny it's oh, so true though it's so man, true because usually 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 you have like a you have the, the movie theatrical trailer on the cover of a computer game and then when you put it in you see like about three or four like multicolored blocks on the screen you're like yeah. um hang on, a, hang on a second <laughs> it's not what i it's not what i bought mark we have come a long way mate i'll tell you this is what we got today come a long okay. way from that atari tennis game <laughs> pong Two bars and a and a ball on the screen. <laughs> two rectangle, two rectangles and a square, oh, little tiny mate, square. You, man. Kids today just don't know, man. <laughs> they just don't know. They don't know. So, shall we have a look at this film then, mate? Shall we do a bite-sized review of Beverly Hills Cop? Yes, definitely. And um, before we before we move on, um, can I yeah. just talk about? Um, you mentioned Stallone was originally considered for the role. Yeah. Um, the actual role was was offered originally to Mickey Rourke. Yeah, he's he's a pretty cool character back then, wasn't he? Could you see yeah, him play the, the re- role? I, I can't. No, I can't. Axel Foley, uh, Eddie Murphy made the role his. Um, the only no, there's just no way. Like I, I can't see Mickey Rourke playing um, Axel Foley. Yeah, I think it's just probably one of those things where if he did play I guess we'd never know would we really I'm not I'm not sure we'd have the comedy and the charisma I think it'd be a totally different film wouldn't it it'd no. probably be more of a sort of straight laced it would definitely. type movie um, it, it, it would definitely. no doubt he have some action in it but um, yeah it probably wouldn't be the film that we have today would it but I think you also had no. um, you had a few other people you had Arnold Schwarzenegger he was in line for it as well could you imagine that <laughs> it's just <laughs> Um, well, I, was, I watched the uh, the Blu-ray yesterday, and on the Blu-ray you've got um, like, like extras on the on the DVD, and I, I sat and watched the extras as well. Yeah. And uh, that's how I knew that Rick Mickey Rourke was was offered the role was actually offered the role first. Uh, Stallone was considered, but there were three other candidates which were considered for the role as actual Axel Foley. Um, they are Richard Pryor, which yeah. would have worked, yeah, because Eddie Murphy modelled himself on Richard Pryor. Um, Al Pacino. Not quite sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Again, it probably would have been a different uh, film, wouldn't it? Exactly, exactly. It would have been more mafia orientated, wouldn't it? Yeah. You probably would have got Godfather or something. <laughs> Looking for Victor Maitland. Casino. <laughs> and uh, the other, the other, the other um, actor that was considered was James Khan or Can. Oh, okay. Um, again, yeah. Just you're bringing up these names, but. I just can't. Well, yeah. James Caan. Yeah, again, it would have been more like a sort of Godfather type movie, wouldn't it? Or um, it would. Uh, it wouldn't have been. The, we wouldn't be sat here talking if if it, if it wasn't Freddie Murphy being Axel Foley. Put it that way. So I don't think the film would have done as well and been no. and have been a cult classic as it as it has become. The only one who could possibly have done it, um, they had Billy Crystal as well. Really? Yeah. And he did a film. I like that. He did a cop movie, didn't he? He did a buddy cop movie. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, You wouldn't normally think Billy Crystal would do it, but it's funny how films can be, isn't it? That there are a few films kicking around of actors who you wouldn't think would be an action hero or do all that, and then they do, don't they? Do you know? Yes. But yeah, no, I I do like these um, alternate topics you know what i mean i do like to throw in who else could have played that character it's um it's the same yeah. with, it's a bit of a tangent now we always go on to this it's the same as bruce willis playing john mcclain isn't it uh yeah he's he, he just did it didn't he? he just did it well 
there might have been a lot of people at the time who said, you know, do you really want this guy? Because, you know, you probably yeah. say, you know, taking a gamble. Stallone, Schwarzenegger at the time, they're all the big action heroes, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They're all making the money. Um, do you want to go yeah. for this unknown actor? And sometimes it works. Um, I kind of said that in, um, I just reviewed Taken, actually, and I said the yeah. same thing there with Liam Neeson. And I think yeah. sometimes um, an actor like him can suit that role because of the film that you're making, you want the audience to gel with that yeah. character. And I think Liam Neeson yes. is that father figure who wants to go for the daughter. And I think that's why that film worked. So kind of a little bit of a taken tangent. That's... <laughs> but, um, <laughs> man, that's where we go with this podcast, isn't it? You never know where you're going to end up. But um, yeah, no. Exactly. So Bite-sized cinema. But that's bite-sized cinema for you. So there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs> <laughs> little tangent. <laughs> little tangent there. Oh, man. But yeah, so let's get back onto the. Um, let's have a look at this film then. Yes, have a look at this film. So as the film starts off with the intro. You've got the Paramount picture intro, and then all of a sudden you can just hear that um, the heat is on by Glenn Fry. Just kicks straight in there, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? And when I hear that music, yeah. every time I just think this film is literally pulling you through that uh, TV screen. It's going to take you on a. On a on a magnificent ride, isn't it? You're gonna have ninety minutes of fun yeah. here with that. Um, I love I love I love the uh, the music and how the how the film cuts between all these different pieces of Detroit, like the the, the desolate buildings, uh, the 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 the, the, the con, um, like uh, environment, you know, yeah. real downtown gritty Detroit clubs, closed up bars and clubs. It's real dirty. It's like industrial. I absolutely love that. Yeah, it almost um, right there, and then it's just that building block of the movie, isn't it? You know, where Axel Foley comes from. They're the they're the streets that he places. Um, exactly. And exactly. it really, really de- in that first few seconds, it develops the film really well, doesn't it? To think that this cop is going to go from um, Detroit from to this. Beverly Hills <laughs> to Beverly Hills. Yeah, exactly. So, which is, and I think I think I think what. I think what they did really well in the movie is um, how they how they contrasted the two. Yes. Detroit and Beverly Hills. So then you've got um, Axel Foley. You're introduced to his character. He's conducting an unauthorised operation in a truck. Trying to sell a load of lucky strike <laughs> to some villains, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. He's got, he's got Pall Mall cigarettes and lucky strike cigarettes in the back of a truck. Which was used in a hijacking... About a week later, wasn't it, or something? It hasn't even been impounded, or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's taken evidence from a previous uh, from a previous uh, bust, and he's using it to try and frame some uh, some conflicts. <laughs> so no, no one saw Axel Foley driving that truck out of a you know, police pound. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> who's ever working that day must have been having an off day. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's trying to sell. He's obviously trying to make a bit of money on the side here as well, isn't he? With his job and that, you know, trying to get the villains. He's trying to sell them for five thousand dollars, Mark, isn't it? That's that sort of classic quote, isn't it? There's Tell me, five that. Hey, hey, you've only given me two and a half. I want five thousand dollars. Read my lips. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> it's iconic, isn't the, it? The, it is, and, and the guy just says, oh, you know what, I'm sorry, it's a bit short. Do you know what, I'll give you two and a half today, and then I'll make it up to you. How about that? <laughs> uh, 
And then he's he's got two thousand dollars in in his hand. And all of a sudden, a cop car turns up, doesn't it? And he goes, Ooh. "Oh no!" And then the money, the guy takes the money, doesn't he? And you got the guy in the front of the truck, isn't it? He just runs in there. And then you got the police officer. He's looking at the phone. He goes, "Don't I know you from somewhere?" He goes, "Oh no, you don't know me, man. I'm from Buffalo." <laughs> you wouldn't believe this officer truck man it just stuck yeah, that's it. can you give me a jump can you give me a jump it just stuck <laughs> I mean you're you, you're not even two minutes into this film are you and you just <laughs> you, you, you're entertained it's it's almost like you've got the best scene of an ending of another movie haven't you do you know what I mean you've just come halfway in through something here mm. and then but that scene but they're doing. They're, he's trying to conduct the the, the deal uh, for the cigarettes, and that cop is just slowly eking down that alleyway straight towards him. It's just so good. It's comical. It's just so such good writing. And then you've got your '80s car chase here, haven't you? And then all of a sudden you've got. Um, I think you posted this on the page the other day. Is it the Neutron Dance? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just burning, dance, doing like... the neutron dance. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and he's, I love so this that, bit. That car chase. Yeah, just driving through all these cars. You've got Axel in the back and he's hanging onto the chains and he's hanging on out the back of the car or the truck. Oh, I know. Oh. The truck is smashing through fruit and veg stalls. He's yeah. hitting <laughs> Volkswagen Beetles. He's hitting telephone pylons it's just <laughs> literally relentless and the guy in the front who's driving the lorry is smiling like maniacal and just hitting everything that you can try and find <laughs> going up tight alleys busting up cars busting up police cars and it's such a good car chase as well yeah. such a good police car chase that's what i mean you've got everything here and you like say you've got axel hanging on the back of the truck you've got the um neutron dance theme tune here and like you say you've got all these car crashes it's all it's all real as well isn't it do you know what i mean they must have staged all that yeah. throughout the streets and it's just no, like brilliant no no special effects no special effects just pure action so blowing the, up cars smashing up cars so there you go you've got you, you straight away you know this is how axel foley works you know he's a renegade cop but he's a good guy he's a funny guy he's got the one-liners he knows how to handle the villains. Yeah. And then, right at the end of it, that Blake did it. The guy at the front, he gets out. I'm out of here. And he runs down the road. And then the <laughs> cops have got the guns on Axel. And they just go, they just come out. You know, after all that, he just goes, Oh, Axel, I knew this should have been you. He's <laughs> like, Freeze, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Axel, I knew it was you. But Axel just turns around and he? Just, <laughs> he just, he just like looking in here at the cop, just going, Hey, guys, it's me. You know. It's almost like, oh, this, he did this last week on us. Do you know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> so, oh, no, not Axel again. <laughs> yeah, not again. So after all this carnage, um, he gets back into uh, East Police uh, he precinct, doesn't he? And then he comes across Inspector Todd, doesn't he? And he's like, isn't that damn Axel oh. in here? Is that damn Axel family? Do you know, man? You know, man, like, that's hilarious. He gets into the when he goes into the pre, police pre seat and he's walking past all of his like colleagues and they're all like taking the piss out of him. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Oh. you write that one. And then his best mate Jeffrey, who we see Jeffrey, which is um, what's his name, Paul Riser. We see Paul him for Reiser. the first time. Yeah. And he's like, he's like trying to talk to Axel, saying, "You need to go and inspect Tard's office. You need to go and inspect Tard's office." And <laughs> Axel Foley's just like, "La la 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 la." <laughs> La 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 la. I'm not talking to you. 
<laughs> Why are you still talking? I am not listening to you. <laughs> he says to him, I am not listening to you. Like that. <laughs> That's, it. That's when suspense like, really comes in. When you do that, and Axel's just, Axel's just like, "Well, stop then." <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the other, when one of the other officers, he's getting changed. He goes, "Hey, Axel, you got a light?" And he goes, "Oh, that's great, man. <laughs> that's funny." Oh, <laughs> you write that dear. one? Yeah, that's it. And you're right. yeah, Inspect, Inspector Todd, when he busts into the the locker room, he's like, "Damn, in here!" <laughs> yeah, that goddamn Foley in here. He goes. <laughs> He said, I've had to go through the mail. Do, do you mind telling me where you got that truck from? And he says, from the uh, whatever case, hijacking case or wherever it was. He goes, we've just <laughs> been pounded that the other day, didn't he? He goes, it hasn't even been swapped or anything like that. <laughs> He's like, you mind telling me where the fuck you come off going undercover without authorization? <laughs> you want to play some bullshit? You want to play some cowboy cop? Go and do it in another precinct. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the man oh, called dude. the chief, chief called the deputy chief, and the deputy chief just chewed my ass. <laughs> and as you can see, there isn't anything left. And then Axel comes out, then he goes, <laughs> he goes, go home, Foley. He goes, you're a good cop, but you're going to carry on like this. You're going to get your ass kicked out of the bomb. And then, as he walks uh, off, then he goes, hey, chief. He goes, what is it? He goes, he goes, was it the uh, the chief ain't chewing that much? He's still got a little ass there, didn't he? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> The deputy chief didn't chew your ass. There's yeah, still plenty of it there. Don't fuck the axle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So uh, oh, like mate, I say, gets away with more. This is the thing though, Mark, isn't it? That's what I'm saying though. You are probably about five minutes into this film and you are just constantly entertained, aren't you, with this film? It just doesn't stop, does it? And... Um, no. Inspector Todd was actually, he's not actually an actor, he's actually a real detective in Detroit. They just pulled him in. They just wanted someone. that. Yeah, so he does it well. He's got so much conviction about him, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? You can see he's like a sort of battle-hardened cop, so he does a great job. Like so, when he walk, when, when he walks into the other locker room and I hear, when you hear that, that fucking Foley in here, yeah. I literally like shit myself. I like hang my head, I'm like, what have I done? Yeah, I know, that's it. Yeah, that's the man, you know. <laughs> You imagine him being your school headmaster, man. Jeez. Oh, man. You'd be good as gold. You'd be... Oh. So, after getting reprimanded by his boss, you get uh, Axel Foley. He goes home and he finds his apartment broken into. So, he gets his gun out. He sort of sweeps the room around. And then he's got his childhood Mike, uh, mate, Mike Tandino. He's going for his fridge and, eating all his grub, isn't he? Yeah. And um, Mikey, he's spent a bit of time in prison. Obviously, they've been mates in the past. And he is now working security in Beverly Hills for... Victor Maitland. Victor Maitland. And he has helped himself to some Barabons, which Axel Foley at this time German said... German Barabons. Yeah, he said to him, look, man, you know, don't worry about... Don't tell me where you got them from. It's just really good to see you. So they... Um, yeah, he... He doesn't even like acknowledge it, doesn't ask where he got them, just leaves it, just like, hey, Mikey, how are you? Yeah, I mean, that's right. At this time, he's gone, yeah, it's it's just good to see an old mate. I know you're a bit crooked, um, so let's go out, have a few beers, play some pool, catch up, and that's what they do, isn't it? You know, they have a bit of, bit of, um, bit of time with his mate, isn't it, down the bar? Uh, you got that dude who um, says to Mikey, didn't he? He says, look, you know, I'll, I'll bet you a hundred bucks you're not going to take that shot, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the bonds on the table and he goes, I bet you 200 bucks 
and uh, you got a little bit of a um, bit of a soundtrack in the background here as well, yeah, from the album as well. So. We have, yeah, yeah. I think it's Pay the Bell Attitude. I think Attitude. That's it. Yeah, I did pick up on I'm that. Feeling good from my head to my feet. I got a new attitude. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, like that soundtrack is too good. Like, like you, like we, we, you play the soundtrack in your car. I love playing it in my car. I do pretend that I'm, I'm Axel. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding just you. Driving Mark. through like the streets of Frimley. I'm not kidding you, mate. I am. I, I'm very proud to say that, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's where these films take me. So after this, um, you know, spending a bit of time as mates, and they playing a bit pool. They come back to Axel's apartment. Uh, Mike's drunk, and when they get before they get to the apartment, they get struck down by Mr. Maitland's. Well, we don't know this at the time, do we? A couple of um, his henchmen. Hitmen. And yeah. They take out Mike, don't they? And he says to him, "Didn't he?" Yeah, says, they do, oh, and that's so savage. It's so savage that that scene. Yeah. It's like he's like, "Well, you got." What you, what, what you got here and he shows him the barrel bonds and he like slaps him around a bit then he walks off for a little bit and says that's okay I'm not going to hurt you and he's like then he, thun- he sinks one into his stomach yeah he drops down to the floor and uh, then the henchman picks up picks him up from the back of the head while he's laying face down and fires two bullets point blank into the back of his head that is savage oh it is yeah I mean <clears throat> he's only he's taking some money isn't he Right, he's taking these bonds, but that's you know he's killed him. So I guess yeah. that kind of takes you to the point of how bad these guys are, isn't it? This is what these guys are willing to do. Isn't yeah. it? So it all it gets you right behind Axel Foley and his investigation now to say I want to find these guys who've killed my mate. And you get um, Inspector Todd turn up again, don't you, on this one? <laughs> In case. Well, you do get Inspector Todd. Because Axel comes out, he says, Hey, he's a friend of mine. He goes, Yeah, let's talk about this friend of yours. He's just come out of prison. He's a felony. He's a car thief. Yeah, this this whole thing sounds down to shit, doesn't it? Like, let's say, <laughs> got a, I've got a homicide. And he just says to him, Go home, Foley. Go home. And then this Go is, home, Foley. And then this is where Axel says, Hey, Chief, I've got some vacation coming up, you know. And he says, Well, take your vacation but he goes if I find out you're involved in this Tantino case be the longest vacation you ever took <laughs> <He> goes, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear and then of course it goes into uh, Axel Foley for, driving his 1973 blue Chevy Nova through Beverly Hills and you've got that fantastic yep. score haven't you? by Patty LaBelle you stir have- it up Oh mate, I tell you, you you've almost got a a point here where you know he's gone into Beverly Hills, didn't you, with that soundtrack? Do you know what I mean? It's just it works so well, doesn't it? He's gone from Detroit to boom, Beverly Hills, Patty LaBelle soundtrack. Is, this, this this is the the, the um um the opposite I was telling you about earlier um, when like you just mentioned when he, go, when he drives in through Beverly Hills you look around it's clean yep. it's clean cut you see um, you see good looking people you see good looking blokes you see good looking women there's um, women wearing nothing you've got big brands he's driving past like different shops yep. um, yeah just everything about Beverly Hills is like perfect you know yep. it's a complete like 180 from Detroit downtown Detroit 
Yes, you've got to do sun shining. Yeah, sun shining. He's 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 you know Axel's eyeing up the ladies, isn't he? You know, sort of winking his eyebrows. <laughs> um, walking past a dude <laughs> dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> walking past a dude like uh, Michael Jackson. He's got the old Michael Jackson all-in-one sort of leather outfit on and all that. And he's sort of laughing to himself. Oh, there's two of them. Yeah. There's two of them. There's one with the red and one with black. And that's as they walk past, he's like, eh, eh, and he holds his stomach and sort of just kills over for a little bit. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's, it's almost like he's he's jumped into a fashion magazine, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just this whole sort of bright lights, big city, and um, yeah, it's a great it's a great scene. And then he gets to the um, like a, I can't remember which hotel it's called now. It's like the Beverly Hills Hotel, isn't it? Um, the state Marriott or something like that and he goes in and just says to me he sort of wings it then he goes yeah I've got a reservation for Axel Foley didn't he and she goes no, sorry <laughs> I've, we've got no reservations here so and he goes oh it's okay it's just uh, go on there Rolling Stones magazines Axel Foley <laughs> she goes no still nothing <laughs> sir I got, an, <laughs> I got an interview with Michael Jackson <laughs> and he gets a, I, I won't say what he says at the end but he does say then he goes well I tell you now, Michael Jackson might as well sit on top of the world, just in case, just just as long as he doesn't stay in this hotel, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then the manager comes out and then goes, "Oh, I think we might have a reservation for you, sir." And it's uh, was it two hundred and twenty dollars a night? Bloody hell, that's nineteen eighty four inflations for you, mate. It must have been yeah, a fortune. That is, isn't it? Um, also, that guy, the manager that comes out, um, did you know that he is uh, the director? Of the movie, it's his cameo. Oh, is that him? Is it? That oh, was Martin right. Brest. Oh, I did not. Yeah, know that's that. Martin Brest. It's cameo. Uh, right. Okay. I like that when they do those um, cameos. That's quite good. Yeah, it's, it's a nice one. That one. So then he's uh, booked into his hotel. He's in Beverly Hills, and then he goes and visits uh, Jenny Summers, doesn't he? Um, at the art gallery. At the art gallery, and this is where he meets uh, Serge, isn't it? <laughs> did, did, did you know? Did you? Did you know the art gallery was yeah. actually a shoe store in Beverly Hills? Oh, was it? Oh no, I didn't know that. I like that. Yeah, it was just, it was just a just an old just an old shoe store, uh, which was nice and white, nice and clean. And uh, yeah, they they commandeered it for a few days and filmed in the scenes of the art gallery. Oh right, okay. No, I didn't know that. All right. So he um yeah he meets up with Serge, doesn't he? The he's a pretty cool character. Serge. He's talking about this, like, he says, "How much Serge. is that?" I love Serge. <laughs> He talks to his mate, then his mate <laughs> comes out with his chest hanging out. He goes, "What? What is this? What is it? That's not sexy, is it? That's not sexy." He's going, <laughs> "You look like you look like a shaggy dog. You look like a shaggy dog." Now go, go on. And he goes, "Can I get you a drink?" Isn't it? You know, he starts going over. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you want wine? You want cocktail? Espresso? Right back there. You should try it. I make it myself with a little lemon twist. <laughs> And then he talks about the artwork, doesn't he? He says, how much is that? He goes, oh, that's a million dollars. He goes, get the hell out of it. He goes, no, I can't. <laughs> He's like, get the hell out of it. No, I can't. This is very important piece. <laughs> and then he starts talking about Jenny, doesn't he? He goes, so you and Jenny, you're like, um, he tries to say, uh, I quite a quaint, uh, friend, uh, acquaintance. <laughs> what is it pertaining? <laughs> is it pertaining? <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! It's, it's... tell him, Mr. Foley, Mr. Ahmed Foley, Foley is here to see her. Oh dear! It's just comedy gold, isn't it? I think a lot of that was ad libbed as well, wasn't it? Um, in those scenes. 
I think it, I think it was, man. I think it was, definitely. And then you got Jenny. Oh, lovely Jenny. Yes. Yeah, yep, Jenny is in the art shop. Uh, he meets her and uh, he says to her that Mikey's been killed. Yeah, that's it. And then he says, you know, he wants to speak to the manager because he might have some information on it. And um, this is where then it goes into the scene where he goes and visits Victor Maitland, doesn't he? And you get quite a funny, typical um, Axel Foley. This is where you can see how he can make things work by coming across a flower guy on the stairs, doesn't he? He goes, oh, I'll take his flowers up to Mr. Maitland. And then he goes into like a, a flower bowl, then he gets some water and he just sprinkles it over his head, doesn't he? <laughs> so, <laughs> to make it look like he's been running around. And then he goes in, doesn't he? He sees Victor Maitland. <laughs> to Maitland. Um, and as you walk in, as, as he walks in, you can see how intimidating uh, oh, yeah. Victor Maitland is. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, the guy that played him, uh, Stephen Burkhoff, um, is just intimidating to look at. You know, he's got his blue eyes, that dark skin, you know, gruff demeanour. Yeah. And, and he's English as well. He's English. That's right. Um, did, you, did you know he actually lived in Portsmouth? Oh, guy. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know he lived in Portsmouth. Yeah, he that's lives a, in Portsmouth. That's a town very close to us, isn't it? Or place I, I visit quite regularly. I didn't know he come from there. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I think he lives. He lives there now. I don't. He resides in Portsmouth. I don't know. I don't know if he was born wow. there. But uh, yeah, what a great bad guy, English villain, brilliant. I think the English guys do play a bad villain, don't they? In American movies, just I thought it's just the voice, the conviction in their voice, isn't it? It's just yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's one of those guys who doesn't have to say an awful lot, does he? It's just the expression in his face. He goes, "Oh, hello, Mister Foley." He goes, "Oh," because he tells him about Mikey doing. He goes, "Oh, I'm really sorry about that." And you just think, "No, you're not." You know, just acting. He goes, "Oh, you better take <laughs> Mister Foley out." And then all the henchmen turn up, don't they? And he goes, uh, "Take yeah. Mister Foley out," and he gets chucked out the window, doesn't he? And then arrested. Goodbye, Mister Foley. Yeah, and that's quite. A, Again, it's kind of like an iconic scene, isn't it? Where he gets thrown out the window, doesn't he? Um, yes. Yeah. And then he gets arrested by the uh, Beverly Hills cop, then he gets put in the back of the old police car. And then this yeah, is where the Beverly Hills in. Police Department, they pick him up. Yeah. He's in the back of the car and he says, This is the cleanest and nice police car I've ever been in in my life. It's yeah. even cleaner than my apartment. And then yeah. he's introduced to. Um, Lieutenant Bogomil now, isn't he? Um, and Taggart, Saget and Taggart, Rosewood. Rosewood and Bogomil. And he just says, then he? he says, look, I've just got off the um, phone to your lieutenant from Detroit. He says, if I find out that you've involved in the Mike Tandino uh, case, and he says that, he says, you might as well not bother coming back, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then he just says, no, 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 I'm just here on vacation, doesn't he? And, you know, he just sort of talks his way out of it, doesn't he? And there's that little bit in the cell where he says, oh, you can come out of the cell now. And he goes, oh, I was going to wait here a bit longer because I've just ordered some pizza, doesn't he? <laughs> just... yeah. I know cells have a, have a telephone. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> he's such a wisecrack. He's just a wisecracking one-liner, uh, just, oh, he's just cheeky. He's just, he's just a cheeky chap. He's Axel Foley. He's a cheeky chap, but he's a likable chap. And he, do you know what I mean? There's no point where you, yeah. he comes across as arrogant or anything like that. No. It's just, you know, he's there to sort of help his mate out. And I think the Lieutenant Bogomil and Rose, Rosemont and Taggart secretly know that, don't they, with him? They kind of want to be on his side, but they're sort of 
covered in red tape too much, aren't they? Because they go, you know, there's rules, there's regulations, yeah. well, tag, how we do it. I think Taggart's the only person that really saw anything bad in Foley. Hence the reason why he stroke he strike he strikes him in the in the police precinct. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one, isn't he? <laughs> and then um, Bogomil comes out of his office. Bogomil comes out of the office and uh, says, "Do you want to press charges?" And then Axel Foley's like declines and says, uh, "No, I, I don't want to press charges." Yeah, that's right. That's where he says, you know, cops don't take on cops, do they? Do you know what I mean? You know, we look after each other here. So, no, no I don't want to press charges. Exactly. So then he's they... bringing his, he's bringing, he's bringing his um, uh, know-how, well, his, uh, his, his knowledge from Detroit to Beverly Hills. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, this is how we do it in Detroit, and then this is where Bogan Mill says, well, in Beverly Hills, we do everything strictly by the book. He comes out the uh, the police precinct, and uh, Rosewood is like opening the door for Axel Foley and he walks out and says you guys are so sweet yeah that's it and then, yes. she, then he, meet, he he meets Jenny uh, outside in the car and she's got a red Mercedes and he's like is this your car? oh that's right yeah because she says to him you still driving around in that or you used to have that blue Chevy Nova he goes I've <laughs> still got that blue Chevy Nova doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we see the iconic red Mercedes Yes, that's right. That's the one on the uh, front cover, isn't it? Off the poster. He's sat on. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Lovely motor. Yeah. So then he gets the... Um, going back to the hotel. They're being followed. Yeah. That's it. Being followed in a beige Ford. That's it. Proper old uh, Beverly Hills beige Ford motor. Classic. And um, this is where you get the bananas in the towel pipe, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. But that scene... That scene is so fucking funny. Yeah. Man... Is it like Axel orders the room service to Taggart and Rosewood and like they're like stunned at like oh my god we've got room service and then Rosewood said uh, oh, what did he say he said something like um, how do you know that we were here and Taggart's like because I let you drive yeah that's it and then because Rosewood he's tucking into that buffet and he goes oh look they've got, uh, they've got like a nice prawn salad there haven't they do you know what I mean he's, he's, getting, he's really getting in on it isn't he and then um, did you know do you know the banana? Do you know the banana seller, the fruit seller? You know that's Damon Wayans. Yes, yeah, that's right. The Wayans. It's his first movie credit. I never knew that until I saw him in um, Lethal Weapon on TV, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, he was in. Oh um, yeah, no, he he's in that, isn't he? I, oh, I need to see that. Yeah, no, he's really good in that. It's a really good TV show. Um, so yeah, I looked on his IMDb and I thought, oh wow, he's. But I, I never thought that. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? He's <laughs> great. So he, then, he plays he plays a camp guy, doesn't he? He's like um, Axel, Axel says, "How much is the buffet plate?" And he's like, "It's twelve twelve fifty dollars. You get peaches, plums, oranges, and bananas." He's like, "Foley's like, all I need is a couple of bananas." He's like, "Shh, go ahead, yeah, take those right. bananas." <laughs> that's right. And he sort of says, yeah, <laughs> you, "You can have those. That's fine." Yeah, it's a great take those bananas. It's a great little cameo from uh, Damon Wines there. So he he develops his plan, then he puts the bananas in the back of the tower pipe, and then he um, he gets away, doesn't he? They see him getting into the car with Jenny. They drive off, and then they try to follow him, don't they? And then the car just stalls backwards and forwards, and it starts kangarooing, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it just it just stalls in the middle of the road. Oh, it's just comedy gold. It's just um, again an iconic scene. Yeah, banana in the tailpipe. And and is this where he goes to a warehouse now? 
yeah, he cuts to Victor Victor's warehouse, Victor Maitland's warehouse. Um, this is where he breaks in, and, and you've got uh, Harold Faltermeyer's music plays over this scene, like really quiet, like a really stripped back version, like he's trying to break in. Oh, that's right, you can't got that sort of uh, dun 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 dun. Is this where he comes across yeah. the security guard and he says? Oh, have you got no, a no, not not yet. Wrong. No, this is uh, this is this is the warehouse where uh, um, the co- he finds the coffee grounds and the delivery. He witnesses a delivery of German barabons. Ah, oh, that's and then right, once yeah. that shipment goes into the back of the truck, Axel and Jenny Summers get back into the car and then they follow um, follow the truck that just left the, the, the warehouse into another warehouse where um, where he then jumps out and goes in and then gets seen by a security guard that's right that's it and then does he intervene at this stage or does he just collect this information and then go back to it later on no uh, so he goes to they follow the, the follow the white van to a bonded warehouse um and a bonded warehouse is a warehouse that holds goods before it clears customs oh that's right yeah um so he get he breaks in, gets caught, and then he makes an excuse that uh, he's uh, that's it. He says, um, "I'm Inspector Rafferty, USA USA Custom Service," <laughs> and then he goes in and gets all the information about future shipments. <laughs> that's right. He starts going around to all the guys, and he goes, "I want everybody's badge because I'm going to make a formal complaint, and you guys can be lucky if you still have a job in the morning, doesn't he?" And he goes. <laughs> I want to go through all this here, starting with this crate right here. <laughs> he, puts, he slaps his hand yeah. on Victor that- Maitland's crate. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Is that your posh out front? Is that your posh? <laughs> what does he say? Nobody's going crate? anywhere. Nobody's going anywhere until we start with this crate right here. <laughs> yeah, because he, he dresses down the geeky bloke with the glasses, doesn't he? He goes, what did yeah, you say? So, so lit. <laughs> what did you say? Is that your Porsche outside? That's right, that's what he says to him, isn't it? I bet that is your Porsche outside. <laughs> so at this point, he finds out that Victor Maitland's, um, his, his crates are going past customs, aren't they? They aren't actually going through, so there's a bit of a sort of bit of dodgy dealings going on here, isn't there? And then he goes back to. Um, Taggart and Rosewood, didn't he? They're sort of sat outside and he just jumps in the back of the car, didn't he? And just sort of goes, whoa, like that in their life. Well, what the hell? You know, where'd you guys come from? <laughs> and then he's like, right, okay, I'm going to go and get something to drink. And I'm going <laughs> to come with me if you I'm want. I'm going to take you guys okay. with me, yeah. But I know this really, <laughs> I know this really quiet place. I went, went drove past it. Quiet place, quiet drink. Come with me. And it just goes boom, doesn't it? And you've got like a strip club, haven't you? And then and you've, got, you've a... got Vanity Six, Nasty Girl. Yeah, which isn't on the album, is it? Um, and did you is know? It not? No, it's not on the album. All, all the tracks, it's the only one that's not on there. It's a really good track as well. And um, it was actually that's written a great by. Tune. Yeah, written by Prince. That song. Really? That's yeah. really interesting. I didn't know that. He, get, he gets in everywhere, that guy in the 80s. Oh, my, most of the songs in the 80s were written by him. But um, yeah, really good song, isn't it? And I like it when Axel is just sort of... Um, Taggart and Rosewood, they're just sort of stiff, aren't they? Just sat there. And then old Axel is just sort of swaying his shoulders, isn't he? Oh, I love that. He's, like, he's swaying his shoulders, getting into the music. Yeah. <laughs> and then he... Um, 
And then he starts saying, doesn't he, goes, he starts telling him about Victor Maitland and then, you know, what he's found and then he goes, you guys know nothing about police where He goes, you got your suits, you got your badge and that's it, isn't it? You know, you're out there, he goes. And he basically tell, he's basically saying to him, you know, there's more than one ways to get this job done, isn't there? And yeah. that's where you get the guy come in with the old trench coat now, don't you? Like he's just come off the set of Miami Vice or something like that, don't you? You know, like a real... <laughs> he just looks so dodgy. Big trench coat, yeah. shotgun. You can tell there's he's concealing a weapon underneath that long trench coat. That's you don't it. wear a trench coat like that with... Well, depends. <laughs> it's July. He goes, oh, that's July, isn't it? He goes, it's hot. Shouldn't be wearing that. Is that Philip? Give me a kiss, baby. <laughs> And then he tells him to get back, doesn't he? He says, get back, man. And he says, he just keeps walking up to him, doesn't he? And then he pulls out the rifle or the shotgun. <laughs> Axel yeah. takes it He's off. He's like, Phil, Phil, you don't remember me, Phil. Phil. Yeah. And then he takes that gun off him, doesn't he? And then he takes him down and um, Rosewood comes in, doesn't he? He's got his tiny little gun and he? he goes, get down. Like that, this is the place. <laughs> he takes care of it all and he goes, Whoa, <laughs> Don't move. Rosewood, nice, Turn over. <laughs> he goes, Rosewood, man, that's Way some nice go, action Rose. there. Razor, go, man. You're like a super cop, don't he, like this? So. And then you can sort of see on... <laughs> Way to go, Rosewood. You You're can... some kind of cop. You know yeah, that. Sometimes. <laughs> and then you can sort of see in Taggart's face, can't you, that he's kind of just smiling a little bit here, going, yeah, that's a pretty good job, actually. And then back at the police station, he's got to explain all this to Bogomil. Yeah, hasn't the, he? And, uh, Detroit, Detroit, back at Detroit PD. Yeah. And he says, Do you mind explaining to me what this is? And then as soon as Taggart just steps in, Foley comes in, then he goes, He starts telling the story, then he? he goes, Well, so I was sat there, these two guys, they intercepted, they took it out, I just observed it. And he just says, Rosemont. He's a super cop man. He says the only thing Rosewood. missing is it. He goes, Rose, right, yeah, Rosewood. He goes, the only two thing missing from these guys are capes, like that, doesn't he? And then he just goes, Bogomil goes, do you really want to tell me what happened here? And then Taggart tells him the real story, doesn't he? <laughs> and then Axel, <laughs> he tells him that Taggart tells him the truth. And then Axel Foley says, it's up a perfectly good lie. The super cop story, it was working. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it, it was working, man. Yeah, that was it. So. Um. So then you've got, and then Bogomil was signed two new cops. That's track right. Axel Foley. <laughs> that's it. That's where you get that scene, isn't it? Where he's sort of he's doing a bit of a stakeout, isn't he? Outside Victor Maitland's, and he, the guy. The that's it. That's the next come scene. Out, don't they? Don't they? Next says, scene, it cut. Says, "Hey, man!" Cuts to Matlin's mansion, and you see him peering through the black wrought um, bars, looking to try and find. Uh, trying to find Maitland and the two new cops turn up after they got room service and they they they, they refused the room service and uh, yeah then they followed him to uh, Maitland's mansion and that's where he comes out and says and he? he goes hey man I'm not falling for no banana in the tape tail pipe he goes hey you've been hanging about this two, two guy too long he goes you really want to be going hey man I'm not going to fall for no banana in a tailpipe and he starts shouting at him <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're not gonna fall for the banana and a tailpipe. Look, brother, you gotta let it flow naturally. Yeah, that's it. Look, man, you've been hanging around with this kid. Look, man, I'm not falling for the banana and a tailpipe. You've been <laughs> hanging around with this guy too long. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> you gotta let it hang out. 
So then he... Um, Man, I just love Axel Foley. I want to be Axel Foley. just want to be Axel Foley. He's just brilliant in this film, isn't he? He's just got all the lines, isn't he? He's just got them all. He's just got all the lines. So then he gets back into his Nova, doesn't he? He's getting followed by the police. And then he comes up to the traffic lights. And this is brilliant here, isn't it? He just waits for that light just to go red. And then he just drives through, doesn't he? And then... It, it, it basically loses the cops the traffic, yeah he loses them doesn't he and then you've got um, and then the mate pulls up at this swanky country club yeah he's got his uh, he's got his old Nova and he he's got his bag in the front and then he's got the bloke comes out and he says oh you got any bags and he goes oh just what's in the front there isn't it <laughs> he tells the bloke he says be careful again, with it again there's, there's, there's the other um the comparison between Detroit and uh, you know swanky country clubs, like I think it's called the Harrow Club, Harrow Harrow Country Club, which is like a members-only you know special special VIP people can only like access this place, like members only. Yeah. And he just pulls up, uh, Victor Maitland pulls up in a big stretch black limo, gets in, all dressed up in a nice suit, looking really sharp. Um, the attendants are all wearing like nice clean clothes and he just pulls up in his blue Chevy Nova battered up and he's like yeah park this and um, as Axel Foley pulls up and he walks up the stairs goes into the main room uh, main reception room and he has a little snoop around and he looks into the main room from the reception and he sees Victor Maitland and then Axel Foley is then confronted by an attendant and uh, Axel Foley says to him like I want to speak to Victor Maitland and he answers him in a, in a calm voice yeah that's it he goes up to the attendant and says, uh, I'm looking for Victor Magnan. I have to talk to Victor. It's very, very important. Yes, Victor. Very dark gentleman. Grey hair. Capricorn. <laughs> yeah, and the attendant's it. like, can I pass on a message? And Axel Foley's like, please tell Victor that Ramon, he met last week, he went to the clinic and it turns out he has herpes simplex 10. <laughs> and I want to tell VM Magnan to check himself for but with his physician to make sure that he's okay and things don't fall off the man. <laughs> and then the attendant's like, I think you better tell him that yourself. <laughs> Axel Foley's just like, yeah, I think that would be best. <laughs> 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 and the attendant's just like, so do I. And he just basically says, yeah, you just want to go right this way, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes into the dinner. Yeah. I mean... Again, just right there, he's just he's just the king of persuasion, the king of cool. He just takes a situation and just bosses it so well to make him obtain entrance into certain little things. He just uses his character so well. Yeah. So, so well. He could play a camp guy, get into a country club. Um, he's just he's just awesome. He's just too, too cool. He's just got a lot of conviction about him, hasn't he? Ultimately, people just believe what he says, says doesn't he? Just, just brilliant. Exactly. And um, yeah, so this is where he meets Victor Maitland, isn't it? And he says, "Hello, Victor. It's good to see you." Starts yeah. eating some grapes, doesn't he? And um, he also, on this, at this point here, at this point here, when he's talking to Victor, do you know the guy that stands up from the table, his lead henchman? Yep. You know who that guy is? I've seen him in other movies before. I've seen him before. What, what else? You're, has he you're going to kick yourself. Go on. You're going to kick yourself when you when you when you hear what he's been in. I mean, he was in Stir Crazy, Forty Eight Hours. He's in, in Gremlins. He's been in uh, Free Jack. Uh, 
I mean, he's been in so many, so many films. Mo- most, most recently, he's been in Breaking Bad. Oh right, okay. This guy is Jonathan Banks. Right. He plays Mike Ehrmantraut, the uh, the hitman. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I, yeah, I he he's got one of those faces, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? You recognise him, like you say, you see him in like Breaking Bad and stuff like that. So yeah, but he plays it brilliantly in this, doesn't he? He plays. He's, he's not necessarily a ripped bad guy, is he? But he's just got a real menace about him, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Real sort of creepy sort of dude, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. So he has a really slimy, uh, like, demeanour. Like, slimy, like, bad guy demeanour. Yeah. Um, just which, doesn't take any shit, basically. Which works really well, doesn't it, in this in this scenario? And then he, he tries to take on Axel here, doesn't he? And then Axel just throws him over his shoulder and just chucks him into the buffet. And I love this bit. He just goes, <laughs> yeah. "That's that's pretty good, Victor, isn't it? Can you uh, can you get him to roll over and turn and do a little flip at the same time like that? It's basically sort of saying he's basically your dog, isn't he? You you can teach him a few good tricks, but I'm all you over can, it, mate. You, you teach him a few tricks. <laughs> yeah, you teach him a few tricks. Yeah, I love that. It's just great. And then um, so he basically tells Victor, didn't he? he goes, "I know, I'm onto you. I'm going to show you that card. I know all what you're about." And then. Um, this is where Victor Maitland goes, you better crawl, in, crawl back under that stone you come from. He's sort of put, put him basically a hit on his name now, isn't he? He knows he's in trouble. Yeah, that's... Um, <clears throat> Axel says to him, like he's like, I know you're into a lot of crooked shit. When I find out, I'm going to fuck you up real bad. Yeah. And then Victor Maitland, in his really like creepy English voice, he's like, I don't... Is, how, does he, how does his voice go? It's kind of like... I don't know where you get your funny little ideas. It seems painfully obvious you have no fucking idea who you're dealing with. Mm. And then, yeah, then uh, Axel's like, I'll catch you later, Vic. I gotta go. And <laughs> he gets arrested again. Yeah. He gets taken in back into the police station again, doesn't he? And at this time, this is where he beats... <laughs> the third time. He beats Mogamil, is actually saying to him now. Um... Because he's saying, what are you doing here, Axel? What, if, what is it you've got with Victor Maitland? And he keeps saying to him, I'm on vacation, Danny. I'm on vacation. Yeah. And yeah. then you've got a great scene here, isn't it, where you've got the um, chief police officer, is it, or detect- deputy chief, he comes in and he goes, is this the man? <laughs> he goes, is this the man, this who, the man wrecked- who ruined the buffet at the Harold Club this morning? <laughs> is this the man? <laughs> <laughs> who put a banana in the tailpipe for Inspector Taggett and is it and Inspector Rosemont isn't Rosemont. it he goes it's Rosewood sir <laughs> <laughs> he goes I bet you're the uh, crown of your department back in Detroit doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's a brilliant scene is it and then as he walks out the room did he? he goes actually goes is this the man? Is this the man who wrecked the buffet? <laughs> and then Staggett goes, "This the man who ruined the buffet at the Harrow Club this morning." <laughs> Shh! He can't hear me, can he? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. <laughs> <laughs> Such a big mouth. Love oh, it. Oh dear! And then this is where Bogomil, wasn't it? He says, "You know, um, take Axel Foley, get in the car, take him back to Detroit, and you'll be lucky if you've got a job when you go back to Detroit." And um, because he, he says before that, didn't he? He says to him, look, I've got all this evidence on Maitland. I think he's involved with drugs. You know, yeah. That's what he's doing. And then they just said, that's right. 
we've probably got enough there for a warrant. And then Axel says, look, if you start getting a warrant, he says, these, these guys own the cops, don't they? Do you know what I mean? It's, this, this show's going to be over yeah. if you do that. Yeah. So um, he gets into the car, doesn't he, with uh, Rosewood, doesn't he? And he just convinces him. He says, look, you know, if once in your career, you need to do something just off the, you know, off the line here. And he takes him to the... Um, he picks up Jenny, doesn't he? And they go to the warehouse again, don't they? Well, before that, Victor Maitland pops into Jenny's office and sees uh, Jenny and oh, uh, yeah, asks right. her about her relationship with Axel Foley. Mm. And uh, she tells him a few lies. She's, she says a few truths, but then she says a few lies. And then, then he leaves. And then that's the part where um, Rosewood goes with Axel Foley back to the hotel and then obviously gonna, he was going to escort him from Beverly Hills but like you just said um, he p- persuades Rosewood to go to Jenny's office uh, and then Jenny tells Axel that um, there was a man that, that Victor Maitland was asking questions and then she joins Axel Foley and Rosewood uh, and then they go to Victor Maitland's warehouse where they find the drugs and they they get the smoking gun yeah the coffee beans they find the cocaine in the crate at this time, Rosewood is on side now, isn't he? He goes in, right, you know, he, he's now aware of it all, isn't he? Uh, or, is he or is he waiting outside? Yes. He's outside, he's outside. Axel Foley and Jenny Summers go into the warehouse uh, to look right. uh, for, for the evidence. And as you just said, Rosewood is waiting outside. And he keeps opening the door and then shutting the door again. No, I can't go out. I've got to stay in. I've got to stay here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's thinking, shall I go or shall I write? Yeah, like you say. <laughs> He's so wrapped in fucking red tape, it's untrue. He's, he, he's so much wrapped in red tape, he, he, he doesn't even react to a, a van turning up with a load of bad guys, does he? He doesn't even notice that, does he? Going into the warehouse. No. <laughs> he's think? like, nope. He's like, nope, it's not by the book. It's not by the book. I must stay in my car. Can't intervene. No. So then he, um, so then Axel and Jenny, they get captured and they, they find the drugs. Uh, Victor Maitland turns up now, doesn't he, with his henchmen? He takes Jenny, yep. so she's now been captured, isn't she? So you now got like a sort of damsel in distress situation here. And then um, yes, Axel's yes, left, doesn't he? To I suppose they're basically ultimately going to kill him, aren't they? But they just want to sort of mess him up a little bit, then they start punching him and giving him a good old yes. sort out, don't they? And, That's um, it. And, and Axel says to Victor, just as he's about to leave, and says, um, if anything happens to Jenny, I'll kill you. And Victor Maitland then says... That would be a neat trick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he says, enjoy yourself. He says, yeah, I'll be fine. I've got a load of cocaine and coffee here. We're going to be fine. <laughs> As he walks out the door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he always has something to come back with, doesn't he, old Axel? Just to sort of, just to sort of steer it off uh, a little bit. This this is the this is the part um, where the hitman or the henchman the lead henchman reveals that he was the one that uh, popped his friend Mickey Mike, right. Mikey Tandino. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So and Axel Foley gets a beating. And then this is where Rosewood eventually, as soon as he sees Jenny taken out by the uh, victim, and then he start, he decides to get out of the car, doesn't he? Eventually, and he sort of runs oh. over the road, doesn't he, with his little gun in his hand, <laughs> with little pistol. Yeah. <laughs> But fair play to him. He, he he goes into the warehouse and he kills. I think he kills a, a one or two hitmen. He does. Freeze yeah. Foley. Yeah. He, um, and then they make their way to Victor Maitland's uh, mansion afterwards. Yeah, that's right. Because he gets onto the two-way radio, doesn't he, to tag it, and he says, "Look, you know, you need to go to Victor Maitland's mansion." Um, 
everything that Foley said is true. And we're going to need some backup because, you know, Jenny's been captured. And then this is where Taggart responds, doesn't he? He just says, you know, oh, Billy's doing something stupid. So then now you've got Axel and uh, Billy there at the Victor Maitland mansion, aren't they? And they That's right, guns. and they're about to break in. The Foley breaks into the mansion. Taggart shows up and tries to dissuade Axel from breaking in, and it fails. Then Taggart goes to his car, pulls out a shotgun, and follows Axel and Rosewood in. And oh, then right, Axel, yeah. whilst they're inside, Victor Mate, and then sees Axel and Foley on the camera screens in his grounds and sends the hitman out to kill him. That's it. And then Foley runs up the stairs, runs up the stairs, like keeping low and like trying to avoid to be seen by the uh, the henchmen. And then Rosewood and Taggart try their best to get up a ledge to, oh, to com- right, comedic yeah, effect. It. They try to they try to bump bump each other up. Um, so I think it's Taggart gets to the top of the wall, and as he falls down, as he gets to the top of the wall and then goes over and then falls down onto the grass, then you get this rapid fire from a henchman with an Uzi 9 millimeter yeah. ringing, ringing out. Like, <laughs> and then Rosewood takes out one of the guys. Rosewood, Rosewood and Taggart provide a covering fire for Axel. Run, Axel runs around and flanks one of the hitmen, takes him out with a Beretta. Um, and then I think there's like three or four henchmen that have nine millimeter Uzis just like raining fire down. And once there's there's no fire, Rosewood stands up and says, "Police, you're <laughs> all under arrest." <laughs> That's right. And then there's another hail of bullets, and he yeah. ducks back down under the cover. And then uh, Taggart then says to Billy, he says, you know, you do that again, I'll shoot you myself. <laughs> Brilliant, didn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Because the bad guys in this are proper, as I said earlier, like it's, it reminds me of like an 8-bit video game. This, do you know what I mean? It's that typical sort of, they're, they're the sort of bad guys that you'll see when they like, you've got the end final fight boss here, haven't you, coming up, do you know what I mean? With our heroes. <laughs> trying to rescue you know a damsel in distress and that and oh man and you've got like like you say the uzi nine millimeters with the bad guys you know wearing sunglasses yes suit shirt tie you know just typical typical kind of uh bad guy from that time period aren't they they look really slick don't they do you know what i mean it's really uh, it works really well I love I love the uh, the mansion they break into as well. It, like you said, it's just so like a, the video game. You know, you yeah. you beat all the men before you get to the mansion. You have to beat a few people, then you get to see that. Then you beat the sub boss, and then you beat then you try to go for the boss. Yeah, the boss that's got. I mentioned this with Dan actually in Enter the Dragon. You have got the boss that's got the. You've got a green bar, and he's got a red bar, which is a little bit longer, and he's a bit yeah. more badass, isn't he? And yeah, um, and you've also got the. Axel F song here in the background, but it's a little bit more of a. I always thought it was a bit more of a sort of dance uh, cut of the Axel F, isn't it? So there's a few different jam notes in there, I think, isn't there? When you listen to that song, it's, it goes quite well. Yeah. Um, and did you know that um, the mansion here is the same mansion that Arnie rescues his daughter from Commando? No, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. It's the same, same set, same location, same mansion. And the funny thing is, is that. Arnie is trying to rescue his daughter who's called Jenny and then Axel oh, that's really to, do you know what I mean so it's a good little tie over isn't it a little bit of uh, yeah that's really that's really funny it's Hollywood for you man it is Hollywood for you but that that 
building is actually, it's actually, I think it's just outside Beverly Hills. It's actually on the coast. Oh, is it? Um, oh, I right, was okay. reading yesterday. Yeah, it's on the coast. So it's not actually um, in Beverly Hills. It's out on the coast. I think it's, I'm not sure about it. It right. is, but it's not actually in Beverly Hills. I think it's in Pasadena or somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. But no, that's a really cool fact about Commando. That's awesome. Yeah, I just got that tie over the other day when I was doing the trivia on this. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So then, um, do you reckon? Got- do you reckon after Commando? Do you reckon after Commando or Beverly Hills Cop? Do you reckon like they sold it? They they wrapped up the, the murder case and the house got sold to whoever. <laughs> And it's used in Commando. Oh, I see what you mean. Same universe. Well, there is that, isn't there? It's, um, they say Valverde, isn't it? The was it South American made-up country, isn't it? It all ties over with. Is it Die Hard, Commando, and Predator, isn't it? So could tie over I've into Beverly Hills Cop, can it? Really? Yeah, there you go. I could imagine. Could yeah. be in the same universe. John Matrix. Same timeline. What's happening to John Matrix is happening to Axel Foley in the same universe, perhaps. There you go. Don't know. Um, they managed to get their way inside the mansion and yeah. uh, once Axel's inside the mansion um, he's then being stalked by Zach who is Victor Maitland's right hand man the guy from Breaking Bad that's right and he's being stalked by by him with a shotgun uh, and all this is going on and out then there's a cut scene that goes back outside to Rosewood and Taggart and uh, this is the part I love this scene uh, where Rosewood then says to Taggart um, that this situation while he's putting bullets into his gun is like this oh, yeah. situation reminds me of Butch Cassidy <laughs> yeah, that's it oh he says yeah. or does he say something like oh you're really enjoying this aren't you <laughs> something yeah, like something that, like, yeah. yeah something like you're really enjoying this you can just see the, 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 the enthusiasm on Rosewood's face when he's like loading bullets into his gun referencing a movie like he's just think he's like a movie star <laughs> he's yeah. like, you're being fired at you're gonna die if you get shot and that's what's good, isn't it? As we said earlier, you've got the development of these two characters. You knew all along they're going to be good guys and they're going to get behind Axel, yeah. but this this is the development of them, isn't it? And you know that uh, Rosewood, he's been tame, isn't he, all the way along, and now he's just turned into this badass and he's thinking, yeah, we'll have some of this. Well, he just tags, he tagged a, a bad guy at the warehouse and uh, I guess that must have given him like the adrenaline to, to like, and, and he, he, he sprung Foley. So straight away he's like he's in. He like trusts Foley completely. He can yeah. see what's going on. There's a, there's drugs bust. Uh, there's something something afoot, and he, he's involved. Uh, he, he just wants to see it through to the end. Yeah, I guess he's got that hardcore evidence that he wanted, doesn't he? And now he's got it. He's he's backed up 100% now. I need to go in. Exactly. Um, so come back to the movie. Axel then shoots shoots the guy that Zach that killed Mikey Tandino uh, shoots him in the in, in, in the belly it goes through a door uh, he walks over to the body and as he's looking down at uh, Mikey's killer Victor Maitland then comes and shoots him in the arm that's he it shoots Foley in the arm yeah he gets that arm uh, shot Foley then yeah Foley then gets out gets gets out gets gets down for a bit of cover uh, and then police start to arrive en masse at the mansion do you see how comedy the uh, the police turn up? He's into the comedy that, that how the police turn up to the mansion. Well, there's like two ways into the mansion, and both cars. I say both cars. There's like about thirteen cars that just come up and just meet in the middle of this sweeping drive. It's like the end of the Blues Brothers, isn't it? With all the cop cars all yes. coming in at once, isn't it? Do you know when you get that typical again? It's an eighties thing, isn't it? All the police just turn up. Um, this is where you got Bogomil turns up now as well, didn't you? It's all right at the last minute. 
yes, yeah, Bogomil, Bogomil turns up, sees them outside, uh, and then Axel then finds Victor Maitland holding Jenny Summers at gunpoint. And then Bogomil steps in the hallway behind Axel, distracts Victor. Victor stutters. Jenny then elbows him, drops to the floor, and then Foley and Bogomil then launch a, a volley of bullets into into Victor Maitland. Um, and just before they shoot him, Victor actually lets off a shot and it just goes past, it whizzes past Foley's head and hits the wall. And uh, yeah, then they both shoot him until he drops and then he falls down the stairs. He gets shot up real bad, doesn't That's he? That's the end of Victor Maitland. It kind of reminded me Oh, of, he does. Um, it's not like one or two shots. It kind of reminded me of the same scene out of Robocop when the guy gets shot up, do you know what I mean, with all the bullets out of Ed 209. It's the same sort of thing, isn't it? They, they oh, pump loads and yes. loads of rounds into him, don't they? It's um, quite yeah. graphic, actually. They needed to make sure. Yeah. They, but, they, they needed to make sure. Yeah. There's no coming back after that, so they've taken him out. And so it's all... And like, then, the cuts, then, it, then it cuts uh, outside and uh, the henchmen have all surrendered. <laughs> they've all put their guns down. And then Rosewood <laughs> just turns up and says, Police! You're all under arrest! <laughs> Lay down your weapons and take two steps back with your hands up! <laughs> with his badge in the air. Yeah, that's right, because all the henchmen have like, dropped their guns and said, well, we better get out of here now, do you know? It's like, yeah, that's it, dead exactly. camp. But yeah, no, it's cool. And he just likes that, then he goes, and then Taggett says to him, then he goes, you just love this, then he goes, oh yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> oh, and then you get the uh, you get the chief turn up again, didn't you? He says, you "Yeah, know, he asks explain... um, he asks why Axel wasn't in cuffs." And then Bogomil then tells a story of the report of what happened. Yeah, uh, clearly lying through his back teeth, mm. and uh, his you know he gets away with it. And then the chief was like, "I want that report on my desk tomorrow morning." <laughs> he's brilliant, isn't he? <laughs> I think he's got a suspicion and, that that is a lie as well, didn't he? But he's just thinking, well, it's a good job. Yeah. You're taking out a massive crime boss here in the, in uh, Beverly Hills. So, uh, And then Axel comes out and goes, you were lying your head off, weren't you? Lied your ass off. <laughs> but what I, do, what I loved about that scene is the chief then turns to Taggart after, after he's spoken to Berg, Bogomil. Because he knows Taggart is so red taped, so straight laced, Taggart then says, happened exactly what he said play by play that's right yeah that's it <laughs> he just yeah. takes it on the chin he's like yeah. okay that's fine yeah. it's a it's a really nice way to end the movie isn't it like that do you know what I mean everybody sort of um, it's a really good crossover between the two guys isn't it you know with Axel's way of doing it and that and uh, they all become mates in the end don't they and um, they do they do they even they even get a bathrobe each which is really sweet from Axel Foley <laughs> <laughs> he checks out the hotel he comes out he says Next time you get out of the shower, you're cold, you're dripping wet, you put this robe on, you think of me, don't you? Or something like that. <laughs> He's like, please. He goes to Taggart and says, please, take take this. He's like, nope, I don't want one. And then Axel then reveals he's got three in his bag. That's it, yeah, that's it. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's rogue. He makes things work. And we all love him. We all love Axel Foley. And then it comes to the end here, doesn't it? He says... Uh, he says, do you guys want to join me for a drink, don't he? And then it's like, yeah. And then Taggart comes out and goes, oh, yeah, we could all, you know, we could do with a drink. One drink's not going to kill us, is it? And then Axel Yeah, one, goes, one light bit is not going to kill us. Yeah, and then Axel sort of does that thing with his eyebrows. Then he goes, yeah, 
And uh, that's where you get the um, the closing credits, don't you? Of Stir It Up yeah, by Patty LaBelle. It's great. Stir Up. Patty LaBelle. I do love those. I do love it when you come to an end of a film like this and you get some really good, you get a really good song at the end of the movie with the end credits. You know what I mean, it just finishes it off nicely. Yeah. Definitely. And something upbeat like that as well. Like you've just seen the cr- a crazy like hour and a half, hour and 40 minute movie, um, which is taking you giving you highs it's giving you lows it's giving you thrills and sprills and explosions and you know just when you think oh man it's all come to an end and you just get this bum 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 dun 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 yeah you know just this brilliant track yeah and just... you could just imagine leaving the cinema you can imagine leaving the cinema like in the in 1984 just listening to that just bouncing out the door you'd come out just feeling like down. you was Axel Foley wouldn't you after watching that you'd, you you'd would come out feeling would. good wouldn't you do you know what I mean and I think that was it and then um, so yeah so there you go guys that is Beverly Hills Cop I hope you enjoyed the movie just like me and Mark um, if you have seen it like I say hopefully you're a fan if you happen to not have seen this film stop everything you're doing and go and check this film out it's a classic so. straight away if yeah. you've never heard of it if you've never <laughs> seen it go and see it now it came out in 1984 it's now 2020 this year has been erased it's not happening but still 1984, go back to 1984 and relive this absolute classic. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Well, yeah, there you go, Mark. You made a good point, and I think that's it. When someone said to me, how are you dealing with 2020? I'll go, well, I'll stick a film like this on, and it's just pure escapism, do you know what I mean? It just takes me back to those good times. So it can help you out. It can help you out. It can put a big smile on your face. So um, so thanks, Mark. Thank you for coming on the show today, mate. It's always a pleasure to talk to you about these great movies. And... Thank you. Thank yeah. you, more to the point. And uh, yeah, loving what you're doing with Bite Size Cinema. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I've listened to a few of your shows now. Um, I'm probably going to go listen to the Bruce Lee one now with uh, you and Dan. Uh, oh, we had a, a bit of more a gardening. Yeah, uh, yeah, we had a great time with that one. So um, yeah, Dan's been joining me on the show. He's going to come back. We're going to be covering Police Story next in a couple of weeks' time with Jackie Chan. Oh, so. he, loves, he does love Jackie Chan. Yeah, he's a big fan. He's told me some. Uh, he told me a good story. He's a Jackie about me, Chan. He's a Jackie Chan fan, man. Yeah. So, because um, he, he come on for Masters of the Universe, and I said, you know, if you want to come on the show again, Dan, and then I just said, maybe if you want to yeah. do Enter the Dragon, he went, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> a week later, we're recording, so which is good. So, um, but yeah, if you want to come, just to, sorry, just just to note, um, just to note, that's all right. Just to note that in 1984. Um, Beverly Hills came out. Beverly Hills Cop came out with an absolute canon of stellar movies from this year. I mean, just a, just a reel through a few. You've oh, got yeah. Dune, Once Upon a Time in America, The Terminator, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Neverending Story, Karate Kid, Gremlins, Nightmare on Elm Street, Red Dawn, Footloose, Romancing the Stone, Police Academy, Conan the Destroyer, Streets of Fire, The Last Starfighter, Buckaroo Banzai, and Star Trek Free Search for Spock. I mean. That is a stellar year for movies. Let's just be honest and take a minute to appreciate that. Mark, I, this is what we said before, mate. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, for, for a movie like Beverly Hills Cop to come out with all those other films coming out and to do so well, and all those other films yeah. did well as well, didn't they? None of, none of those films that you just mentioned, I don't think any of those flopped, did they? They all did pretty good. They're did. iconic. Um, did you mention Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom that came out this year as well? <laughs> I did, I did mention that. You mentioned Temple of Doom. I mean, you know, I mean, that's a lot 
to fit in in one year, isn't it? Just at the cinema, isn't it? Do you know what I, I mean, mean with stuff? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, imagine, imagine living in 1984. Um, that whole year, just having these films coming out, and like your weekends, you just be going to the pictures because that's the only way that you could see a movie. And imagine seeing these movies like when they first came out. It just blows my mind. I'd love to go back to that that time. Yeah, go back with your BMX bike. You know, uh, go and get your ice pop. You know, from the shop and. You know, your football stickers or whatever and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? It was just a good time. Um, iconic. And I, like I say, we mentioned this before, I still remember those times for me, you know, just uh, going down the old video shop and that and cinema. Just good times, man. Good times. Really good times. So, um, But yeah, no, thanks, Mark. If you want to come back on the show again, Mark, no problem. let, let us know if there's anything you want to cover. Um, uh, I, I will... I will do that for sure definitely yeah. I will speak to you I'll look at some films and if there's uh, one that you that takes my fancy and obviously takes your fancy then we'll, we'll do it I'll be more than happy to come back thank you very much for having me on the show first and foremost and uh, yeah like I say loving what you're doing it's brilliant thank you Mark no, I appreciate that okay then guys so I'm going to close up the show here um, just for a little bit of admin you can find um, Bite Size Cinema on iTunes and YouTube and there's other players on the internet if you put in Bite Size Cinema Podcast on Legion and mentioning Legion I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network so please go and check out all the other shows on there I'll play a promo at the end and I will be back soon um, I've got uh, Danny Ball's The Beach which is coming which will be dropping soon with Leonardo DiCaprio and I'm going to be covering James Bond with The Man with the Golden Gun so that will be coming soon so look out for that so there you go guys uh, keep it bite size keep it safe and I'll see you guys soon this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark mental health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.